You're listening to a podcast from JNNP. Welcome to the, uh, this afternoon's session of the BNPA's meeting, the annual general meeting held here in London. Our next speaker in the um, section on consciousness is Robin Carhart Harris from Imperial College London. Robin's talk is titled Psychedelic Drugs, Magical Thinking and Psychosis, and it's a masterful integration and revision to some extent, of a lot of preconceptions that we have in, in, in the area of neuropsychiatry and broader in psychology. Robin, would you give us a brief summary of your hypothesis and, and what you were describing today? Yeah, sure. So really it, it's motivated by a paradox which uh, is, is difficult and it's that certain experiences that people have on psychedelic drugs, so, so these are hallucinogenic drugs like LSD and psilocybin, they can induce uh, psychotic symptoms um, and they can have a paranoid uh, quality to them. But uh, people can also have seemingly beneficial experiences with these drugs and seemingly uh, spiritual experiences with the drugs. And there's some suggestive evidence, at least at this stage, uh, that psychedelic drugs may have some therapeutic potential, that, it, that they may be useful in, in depression, for instance. So there, there's a difficult paradox there where the same compound can induce both um, potentially beneficial effects but also potentially harmful effects in terms of psychotic symptoms. Really that paradox has led me to try and think about what's underneath this and how can you explain that. And then the hypothesis is that, that if we look at the neurobiology of psychosis and we look at the neurobiology of the psychedelic states, and if we look at the neurobiology of uh, spontaneous spiritual experiences, then there seems to be a similarity there. And there also seems to be a similarity in the phenomenology. And so there's an effort then to try and explain that. And the hypothesis that I've, I've put forward is that that all of these states rest on the same neurobiological state uh, and that this state is um, what I refer to as, as a primitive state in that it's, it's evolutionarily regressive. It's a state that we uh, used to have before we developed the quality of normal waking consciousness that we have now. So that what you see with all these different inducers, whether it be a drug, whether it be uh, whatever causes a, a psychotic experience, or whatever causes a, a spontaneous mystical or spiritual experience, uh, that the state underneath it um, in all of these is the same, in which our reality testing is disavowed, that we don't scrutinize the world in the way that we usually do in normal waking consciousness, which is very careful, um, it's very constrained, and it's very precise. But in this uh, primitive state, our thinking has a more kind of uh, magical quality. Uh, it's less constrained by reality testing, and so it's easily biased by emotions, by, by influences, so it's, it's hyper-suggestible. And that explains why it can be swayed either in a positive direction, as you see with spiritual-type experiences, or in a negative direction, as you typically see um, with psychosis. So although this is a, an evolutionary or more ancient way or mode of thinking, as it were, it's still there and it can be presumably released or made worse depending on certain environmental aspects. That's it entirely, yeah. 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 And what's the, what's the future hold for this? 
type of work? Well, it, in terms of its implications, I think it has important implications for, um, for a couple of things. So firstly, in terms of how the psychedelic state is managed, uh, the drugs being used now therapeutically, and there's a huge emphasis among people uh, doing this work that uh, one should try and control the environment in which the experience unfolds uh, as much as possible and try and shepherd or, or mediate the experience in a positive direction. And there seems to be, from, from the early, uh, from the preliminary results that we're seeing, uh, this seems to be effective, uh, remarkably effective, actually. Um, now, this has implications uh, potentially for how people deal with um, psychosis in that, uh, you know, these are patients with a history. They usually um, have, have a history of uh, uh, depression and anxiety and stress. And then they'll enter the same state with those precursors. And then there's a strong likelihood then that they would move in a more negative trajectory than you would see, for instance, with a psychedelic drug when you're trying to shepherd it into this positive uh, direction. So it suggests that maybe in patients showing uh, risks of, um, of psychosis that, that one should try and mediate the experience. But you've also done some work on, on the basic system, this primitive system, the neurobiology of that, which is very consistent with regard to the other conditions you've described in terms of mental disorders of which people are much more familiar with. Is that, is that an important linkage in terms of the credibility of using perhaps or reintroducing psychedelic drugs as a way of actually improving patients' behaviour? It is. I mean, if you look at the biomarkers, then the evidence is quite compelling, really, especially for the relationship between the serotonin 2A receptor and potential treatment for depression, um, and also how it can explain the potential psychotomimetic or mimicking psychosis effects of, of psychedelic drugs. The hard science is there, and I think it's that that gives at least that the credibility and then the um, more speculative hypotheses that I have um, a lot they require a lot of work uh, in terms of deconstructing uh, some of the uh, terms and thinking very carefully about how they could be tested and that's, that's very difficult but I don't think it should stop us offering these hypotheses and thinking about you know quite difficult questions. Okay thank you very much. Thank you.